Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And uh, we have another first impressions for you guys. Uh, kind of, you know, it's it, it's kind of coming full circle. Like, uh, our first first impressions was... The Force Awakens that was around what like two years ago at this point, yeah, and now, and now the uh, the next movie has finally come out, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, and you know yeah we've, we've I wanted to talk about this with Brian. Uh, Brian, you saw this what last week I believe it is it is Christmas Day of 2017, and uh, Brian, when did you see this movie? Uh, I saw it I think Tuesday, so that would I don't let me see. That was the 19th, December 19th. So about a week after it came out, or a few days, I think. Okay, and I saw it December 23rd with my dad, because I think I mentioned it last time. I, uh, I always want to try and see Star Wars for the first time with my dad, just because, you know, he's the one that introduced us to Star Wars, and I always try and want to keep that, you know, that tradition um, going strong. But, uh, yeah, so we both had seen this movie, not opening night. I think that's... Is there a reason, Brian, that you... Because didn't you say you saw The Force Awakens, like, oh, like, if it came out on Friday, you saw it Thursday? Is that, yeah. is no, that correct? I think, well, I think that is a little telling, uh, that we didn't see it opening night. I I did see The Force Awakens. It came out on a Friday. I did see it, like, at 7 o'clock at night uh, on that Thursday, the day before. So I did see, like, you know, a little early, whatever. Um... But yeah, this this time I, I waited about a week to see it. Um, obviously, I stayed out of the spoilers. I stayed spoiler-free for a week. Um, you could chalk that up to, you know, college finals. But, I mean, I think if I really wanted to see it, I could have. But, you know, I just really didn't. And I think that that is a little telling. Showing my cards a little bit. But I just wasn't that excited for this movie um, going into it. I think, I mean, maybe you could get the nostalgia out of the way in that I mean, we haven't had a Star Wars. I don't, I don't. I don't remember when Revenge of the Sith came out. We were in like fifth grade, so, and then we were, you know, college sophomores when The Force Awakens came out. So I guess that gap alone just made it more nostalgic and more excited. But I guess call me jaded now that we have a Star Wars movie coming out every every year now, which I love. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm split on that. But we'll get into that. We'll get I into guess. that. I guess at the end. That 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 that's a different conversation. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, I was I saw The Force Awakens a little late as well. Uh, you know, like what you said, Brian, it's like college finals and just a lot of things going on. But I was I think I was I think a lot of people were more excited for Force Awakens because of that 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 gap that we had. But, you know, I remember seeing the last Jedi trailer and I was like I was excited because I did really enjoy The Force Awakens. But, you know, I, I also didn't know what they were going to do, because so far, like, all Disney, I mean, with the two films they've had, they just have shown me, one in The Force Awakens, that, yeah, they are competent that they can make, like, a really, at least, a, like, a Star Wars film, like, they can make it feel like a Star Wars, I mean, because The Force Awakens is obviously just a rehash of, uh, 
the original Hope. New Hope. But, I mean, there are reasons for that. But Rogue One, I didn't like. Um, I thought it was just a solely a cash grab, and it had no purpose uh, other than just make a ton of money, which it did. It's still a competent movie, but I saw no purpose of it. And, I mean, just because, it, like, ultimately, it didn't add anything. And that, to me, was just, I, I don't know, I didn't like that aspect. And so I'd seen this this trailer and I mean I guess I was excited because you know Mark Hamill I'm like oh what's he actually gonna do there's a lot of things that I was like oh what's this payoff gonna be for that they set up in the Force Awakens and we get some of that uh that payoff whether it's uh good or bad yeah good bad and we'll get into it so um yeah, so I guess going into this, I was I was excited because it's Star Wars. Like, who isn't well, yeah, excited for Star Wars? I mean, Wars? I remember when I saw the Lucasfilm intro, I was psyched. I was pumped. I was like, you know what? Here we are. I'm seeing another Star Wars film, and I love it. So I, yeah, I always it was, get jazzed about Star Wars. It's funny because, like, when my dad and I, we saw, like, a 1030 showing, and um, and we were in there. It was, like, a half-crowded theater. I mean, it was 1030, like, a week or two after the movie came out. But we obviously got a large popcorn between the two of us, and we were, like, going through it, I think, as most people do. And I was like, well, we're obviously going to get another one. And I think we got to the second trailer, and I was like, Dad, I'm, I'm going to get the popcorn now because I'm not going to miss, the, like, the crawl. And and so I got up and got it. But, like, yeah, it's like what you said. Like, you see the Lucasfilm, you see the crawl. Like, you can't help but get excited that you're getting a new movie. That's Especially, like, in Rogue One, like, I, I felt like... It was it was odd. It was it was kind of jarring that like they didn't have that that opening crawl, the Star Wars fanfare. I can, and now it was I can, it was. I can see that now though. Like in retrospect, like I can, I don't like it that much with minus the crawl. But as a standalone, you know, spinoff story, I can see why they don't do that. And I mean, I guess we'll see when the Han Solo movie comes out, which I think comes out in May actually. Um, May? Yeah. Oh, that's a uh, which hmm, yeah, cool. odd. Whatever. Um, I I'll, I guess we'll see if that is the spinoff thing where they don't get a crawl. You know. Well, either way, I mean, we're not talking about Rogue One. We're but not. I, I I just I was really into it. it's just kind of going what you said of really being excited to see like the Lucasfilm and the crawl and like getting into the movie. So right off the bat, obviously, this movie is getting very mixed reviews from it seems like critics really enjoy it so mostly just like the fans uh it's just it's really divided i don't think i don't really know i mean they're definitely i think i don't know i i don't really agree with the divide i think people are either on one side or the other well yeah I, of um, course that's where the divide it's I, definitely I, I, I hear that it's more of like i mean i I haven't. I don't really care about what people are reacting to this movie. I kind of just go with my gut instinct and like how I felt about the movie. But I hear that people are kind of saying they they're petitioning, which you know that really doesn't do anything, whatever. But petitioning to get this uh, decanonized, if that's the right term. To, that's so not, stupid. I, I thought I read that somewhere on Reddit or something. And I yeah, was I like, think I saw it too. I was like, whatever. I mean, it's who cares. Uh, but no, no. But that that really does speaks volumes to the um, I guess nature of the, the polarization of this movie. In that, like, some people love it, some people really hate it. Uh, yeah. Do you think it's Do you think like it's warranted? I don't 
think it's warranted no, at all. No, absolutely not. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's Star Wars. Just have fun with it. You know, like I'm not I'm not gonna petition to get. You know, like I, even for the prequels, they're part of the Star Wars canon. And you know what? For their faults, I will love them. For this movie, for its faults, I will like it, you know? Like, it's Star Wars. I don't care that much. I I read into the lore, I have fun with the movie, but at the end of the day, it's an action-adventure sci-fi, loose, you know, sci-fi movie. It's fun, you know? Don't, don't think too much into it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what Ryan Johnson was actually trying to get at in this film, which is kind of like, it's, it's supposed to be a fun movie, and I think, like, right off the bat, starting with, uh, or, like, Starting, like, the first thing we see of Luke, uh, also, if it's not, if you guys are new listeners, I just want to say we will, like, just spoil the hell out of this movie, uh, just right off the bat. Yeah, these are what first impressions are about. They're, they're a spoiler. They have spoilers. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of, like, so, how we I think, Brian, how we should do this is really talk about, like, the separate plots, like, the A plot, the B plot, and the C plot, because it's kind of, again, the, the editing of this film is so jarring and I think uneven and I think that's the first problem with this movie in general is that the it, tonally it's all it's all over the place and the editing is so like jarring and it doesn't really have a f- like fluidity or I don't think it has like a really good like uh narrative flow uh well, I, I think, think I think definitely some stories could have been cut some stories could have been edited or just rewritten uh or like different focus and shifts yeah, yeah so yeah. I think Right off the so, um, so let's focus on the A plot first. So our A plot focuses around. Well, do you want to say what the A, B, and C plots are? Yeah, I was we'll I was gonna do that. So our A plot is focused around essentially uh, Luke Skywalker, Ray, and Kylo Ren as in there, and like Luke training Ray, uh, her kind of kind of being introduce the dark side and how that's tempting her and then her connection with kylo and how and they are connected and and they're like well yes and and then they're like kind of trying to turn each other to the opposite side um and then yeah and then their confrontation uh in the in i guess the end of the second act and then into the third and then our b plot would you say that's a sufficient a plot yeah yeah it's a generalized okay, and then our B plot has uh, Poe, Leia, the pre. I guess the rest of the resistance, or like I guess the main bulk of the resistance, what? trying to escape that uh, that planet with the Empire right on their tail, with just bombarding them, and they're trying to get away. Um, and yeah, they're trying to just escape the First Order by whatever means possible, and they're just getting bombarded constantly, and then. C plot we have Finn and Rose was her name yeah we have Finn and Rose who uh, uh, Rose is a technician on one of the uh, on like the main like transport ship uh, they are trying they are sent by Poe to get a decryptor because the like big bad uh, imp- uh, first order first order uh, starship is able to track their transport through light speed, which is like unprecedented in the in the well, Star I think Wars universe. Actually, I think I remember they referenced it in um, uh, what is it? Uh, Rogue One. I I think I I vaguely remember them doing that. 
Well, either way, it's big. This is that's the reason that this big. This is huge for them. Like the rebels can't run. They can't just jump to light speed because they will just get ultimately trapped. So Poe sends Finn and Rose on a secret mission with BB-8 to find a uh, like a decoder, a cryptor. They're called like a splicer or something like that in the EU. Uh, just a hacker that can and they'll. And they'll just break into this big super mega star destroyer, take out the um, the mechanism. Looked like the flux capacitor to me, but take out the the mechanism that will that enables the the first order to um, track them through uh, light speed, and then they'll make an escape. And that's the C plot. So let's focus on the A plot, and we'll just go yeah, in order and. And I think, honestly, like, the importance of them is ABC. Like, how we said it is just how relevant and important they are. And we'll get into that as we go on. So let's focus on this A-plot, because it's obviously the best one, the most interesting one, and the one that people, I think, want to see the most. Um, so let's talk about the characters, Brian. Uh, let's start off with Luke Skywalker, since he was not in the last movie at all, uh, f which was fine with me. Uh, I think it was really great building that mystery, especially since it's like Luke Skywalker is missing. Uh, they're searching for him. He's the last hope. And then we finally find him, end with that sweeping, cinematic, awesome shot that really leaves you wanting more for the for this film. And what's what's the first thing that happens when we see him? To me, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It's very. I didn't like it, I, I, I didn't like it at all. I, mean, I don't know. Well, that's not. The, I don't think supposed? that's the first shot we see. But, 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 in for yeah. I mean, you're referencing in, in terms of the uh, Luke Ray storyline. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it takes off immediately where we left off with uh, the Force Awakens, where it's like, like quite this, literally. Yeah, no, yeah, it's literally seconds after we finish. Um, they actually start the movie with Ray actually handing the lightsaber to Luke. He picks it up. He looks at it. And what does he do? He throws it behind. He throws it away. But but it's not even like dramatic. He just throws it, you know. Like it like, was played for a laugh, and, and no I one laughed. In and my I theater. didn't laugh either. I didn't even titter. I just literally sat there and said that was kind of. I kind of. I was like, yeah, that that was weird. You know, why did he throw? Like it away? that's kind of like. It, it's weird because the last shot of the last movie is this big sweeping epic. Like I honestly thought it was kind of a little bit over overkill, no, but it really drove that point home. Well, but that's the thing. And that and that is the theme of this movie, which is uh, a detriment, but also kind of a, a a positive aspect of this film, where it's uh, Ryan Johnson totally subverts our expectations of this film, and this is where we start immediately with, uh, in terms of this storyline with Luke, we build up this whole big, you know, I think they they call it like the uh, the mystery boxes of the lightsaber. And he just immediately says that, ah, whatever, you know? Um, and I didn't really necessarily like that. But, it, again, it goes with that theme of Ryan Johnson is subverting our expectation. He's changing the formula of Star Wars. And we'll get into that at the end, whether or not this is for the better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I just didn't like because, I, I mean... I didn't mind that he, like, kind of rejected his lightsaber. It was just done in a way, way that was... The he did it, I didn't like it. Yeah. It's just, like, the manner in which it was carried out. Just well, like it's a not... It cash, wasn't... It wasn't just, well, it was his, actually. Yeah, you're right. From Just, a, a just threw it to... over the shoulder, and, like, I honestly thought he threw it off the cliff. And I was like, w wait, 
what? <laughs> I thought he that... did too, and I was like, that's it? That That's all? But, unfortunately, or uh, very fortunately, Ray was able to get that. Uh, it, di- it didn't. It missed it by a foot, you know, without falling to the water. Yeah, and so, and I mean, this goes into the, and this starts kind of like the character of Luke being like a jaded uh, old man, just wants to be left alone. He he's just like pretty much just forget the Jedi. The Jedi, he says even in the trailers, and that the Jedi, it, they're over. It's time for the age of the Jedi to f- have to fail, uh, which I like. Um, I mean, I like the idea of that, and that he's coming to the he under he recognizes that idea that like Jedi's are just they. they they have failed, and, and like, just their in their ways are just kind of like embracing that the the light, the light side, the good side is the only way, and that there's such like black and white that the, that's ultimately what led to their downfall. And I kind of like that, and that, and it was and it was kind it was different that he, the reason he decided to train Ray is, I mean, at first he says like, oh, I'm gonna show you why the Jedi have failed. Honestly, and I'm like, I love that. It's a different. It's a totally different perspective on the Jedi Order, and it's like, and I, I don't know how much further into that storyline we get where he addresses the the faults of the of the Jedi Order, where it's like they they were blinded by their hubris and they were they they were able to be manipulated by uh, Darth Sidious and whatnot. I do like that Ryan Johnson is addressing these these issues that that were very. Uh, prevalent during, you know, in retrospect of the Jedi Order, you know, at the, we see them in the in the prequels at their downfall, but we see why, you know, they were so weakened, and 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 that and that and that in effect shows, you know, what was wrong with their order, and I do like how Luke or how Luke calls out to them, yeah, you know, calls out to these, you know, uh, deficits that they they kind of were displaying, and and you know when you look at it like that is why you know, why the Jedi Order should end. And I and I do appreciate that at least Ryan Johnson and Luke, you know, address these. Well, here's a... I think I want to... I'll make a comment about uh, Ryan Johnson in that I've kind of picked up from, like, reading reviews, listening to reviews, and, like, just doing some research in that I don't think Ryan Johnson came to this project as necessarily a fan. Like, when you see J.J. Abrams and pretty much anything he does, it's just like one big nod to whoever uh, inspired that work. And, like, 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 a big one, Spielberg, and then, like, obviously The Force Awakens is just one big callback to the uh, A New Hope, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think Ryan... It's interesting... Well, because I think Ryan Johnson came to this as not necessarily being like a super fan. Like he wanted to just tell a story. Honestly, that's and good. I think. Well, what's interesting is that I've heard that Disney, you know, The Force Awakens was like a committee wrote this movie with J.J. Abrams, and apparently, and I've looked this up on the IMDb, uh, and like kind of in going into the research. Uh, he's credit. Ryan Johnson is credited as like one of the only writers of this, and Wait, it's really? it, and it's like it's like yeah, it's like writers is how many other writers? Ryan Johnson, I it, at, on IMDb it's credited that it's Ryan Johnson and George Lucas, but really? it's huh. char- no, but it's well, characters. Lucas, but. It's characters inspired by George Lucas, so it's not ne- well, he didn't write anything. I, d- I have heard um, that Ryan Johnson ha- has had a lot of creative. Um, like integrity, but 
a lot of creative uh, control over this project. So, but it's interesting that Disney, this like, like look at the Han Solo movie. Like directors are getting fired, people are leaving the project because there's like no, con- there's no creative control over the project. But they give Ryan Johnson, who's done like, I mean, the only film that I know, I mean, is Brick and Looper. But he isn't. He hasn't done like a lot of films. Like he's he's not a seasoned director. He's a like yeah. He's a what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he's he's proved himself. Oh, he's to, experienced. He's experienced, but he's definitely not like a vet. Like he's not he's not like a David Fincher or like a David Lynch. Like well, he's, yeah, like guys have been doing this for like 20 years. Yeah, sure, definitely Yeah, not. which is odd, which is which is interesting that Disney just gave him, a, I'm assuming, as much control as they did, especially when you're seeing this Han Solo movie that there's all these rewrites and... They and, reshot uh, 80% of that movie. Which is, I think that it's interesting that to walk in with that, but I also think it's it's awesome that they did give Ryan Johnson this creative control. Well, honestly, well, to say that, like, he's not a super fan, honestly, I don't mind that. I, I, I would, I want to see guys who just, who are purely into it, not for fan service, excuse me, not for fan oh, service. Oh, yeah, I know, I can, I never said that was bad, oh, I, no, I completely I know, but, agree. But also, I, I want more, you know, organic storytelling, guys who aren't, you know, as in the system, you know, aren't into as interested in telling a. I love the Force Awakens, but JJ JJ Abrams pretty much retold, um, almost beat for beat, A New Hope. You know, I kind of want to see. I'm cur- like, this is why I'm curious. Like, uh, going on a tangent, like James Wan with the new Aquaman. You know, I know he will be able to do what he wants to do. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a fanboy, but he knows he wants to make the movie he wants to make. Same for Ryan Johnson, and and that's why I don't mind it that much because you know what, I'm I want a break from the formula, and that's why and that is one of the positives going into, at the end of this film that I'll talk about is that it is a it is a very clear break from the Star Wars and formula. It's, it's a very it's a different film. Yeah, it, no, um, it's, hence the polarization. So yeah, well. What do you think of the character of Ray? I, very I guess starting subdued. off, what? Very subdued, in my opinion. As from yeah, I the story. thing is like, I I never got throughout the whole film that she ever had a struggle with the dark side, which is like boring. In the first that one? she's well, no, in, in this one. Oh, oh, okay. In in, in the Last Jedi, I never thought that Ray ever had a struggle with the dark side like yeah she kind of like got a hint of it because honestly walking into this movie i was like how ballsy would it be if ray essentially does what kylo asks her to do is like take my hand and we will be badasses together in, yeah that the, would have been ballsy trope yeah. Yeah, yeah and i never thought that was ever gonna happen i never i never thought but that. i wanted some sort of conflict because the whole film, Ray does not like. She's always good. She's well, always good. Well, and good guys was the conflict was her parents was be like, well, your 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 desire to know who your parents are will be your downfall. And it really wasn't in the end of it, but that was what they were setting up. Yeah, I mean, it just I don't know. Like the whole time, like when she faces off against uh, Luke, I. I never want because some people were like, "Oh, oh, is he gonna cut him? Is she gonna cut him down?" I'm like, "No, because she's too good. She would never cut down 
like her master or anyone like that. Um, which is why I think Luke is such an interesting character, and that it sucks that they essentially kill him off in the end of the movie. Now he's obviously gonna come back as a Force ghost, like no doubt in my mind. I don't think he, because I wish he didn't die. That was so stupid. We'll talk about well, that later. W- yeah, we'll get to that. But it's like Luke is obviously such a much more like depth in depth character because he obviously has that now i don't think it's as well developed and i think mark hamill agrees with me because i think he wanted to have that struggle uh more like developed more because here luke so we get the origin of kylo ren which i i love it wasn't at all what i was expecting i thought kylo ren was going to be like a bad egg from like a bad apple from the start and it essentially like luke has like was there pretty much for the creation of Kylo Ren because he 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 sensed that pre- like that dark the dark side in him and he went uh now I love because we get all the we get like both perspectives we get Luke's pers- perspective that says I confronted him I told him I told him with the business and then Kylo attacked me Kylo says the exact opposite that Luke was going to try and kill him while he was sleeping yeah. and what's awesome which I think is what none of these films except this one is starting to like get the hang of is that neither side has it right like what was well, the fall of the jedi was that they thought the good like they the jedi thought that bringing balance to the force was eradicating the sith which is completely wrong and the sith obviously are just going to do what they want but i think what this film is starting to tackle is that balance of the force is that gray area and that converging these two stories of like so luke had a gut he felt the power and had a gut reaction to strike kylo down but then he actually got like a hold of his emotions he thought rationally and he felt shameful but then kylo woke up and saw that and and luke says i just saw which i i thought was very interesting i i get a little uh kurosawa rashomon vibe from oh yeah where there have you seen it Yes, yes, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, where there are the different it's the death of a man, and there's different perspectives of, of, uh, of the story. Yeah, I know, I was getting a little bit of a vibe from that, so, uh, but I, I do appreciate that, but no, yeah, yeah, that was definitely an interesting, uh, tale to, to, to be told, so. And it shows that, like, both sides, what's, what's detrimental is that both sides, and I think what's, it's, it's very prevalent in the Jedi, in that they leave out specific details to like protect their um to protect their padawans the people that they're trying to teach but those details are what end up turning them away um or like you know causing rifts and problems so luke leaving out the detail that he you know drew his lightsaber has massive consequences because then i mean cuz ray had no idea what to believe when kylo told her his perspective and i think it's just it's just awesome just kind of that luke had that perspective which is why i think he's a much more interesting character but but they don't delve into any of it yeah they don't they don't like develop it well enough um which like i can see yeah i see why he had that you know he that that, that's kind of my main gripe with the film is that they didn't have nearly enough luke development they kind of just well i think I think the problem is that we have so much, like, the editing and the tones all over the place, and I don't think they know, like... Because I think Ryan Johnson is trying to get so much commentary into this film that it takes away from the stuff that we want to know, like Luke's... Uh, 
like developing Luke's story and his struggle with the dark side and finding his, the internal balance of the Force, um, and for that the C plot, which we'll get to later. But I I just didn't like how Ray. Essentially, there is no growth for Ray in this in this film. Uh, I she uh, she like learned thing as a character, but she has no arch or like there's nothing there's no arc for her in that like I she was the same exact person when she started and when she ended and that's boring like she didn't she didn't go and she didn't progress anywhere she's just this like sense she's the central good character which is boring in a three in a in a trilogy when character when a character is not changing at all uh-huh. um. And so, you know, that was kind of her. I mean, she's she's awesome, no doubt. I still love the character of Rey. Um, I I do. I mean, I do like that she's good, but like, on a narrative level, I want to see a struggle with this character because there's going to be no stakes. Like, I had there were no stakes when she when with the showdown with Snoke, um, when when they got together and I never once felt that she was ever going to like turn bad or when Kylo said, take my hand and we will rule the galaxy. I never once thought that she was going to do that, which is what made the like going to return of the Jedi. When Luke was the showdown with Vader and the emperor that there's tension in the scene because he was using anger. He was, you never, you didn't know what was going to happen and it makes his sacrifice like saying, rejecting the offer of the emperor that much more bigger and triumphant and epic that he 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 rejected the dark side which is what his father couldn't do well his father couldn't initially well no his father couldn't do it and he said no and ray doesn't have that moment um and then i mean is there anything more you have to say about ray before we move to kylo the most interesting character of the film i think oh yeah no kylo is definitely more interesting um no, she just definitely she definitely became more she became from her more dimensional character in the Force Awakens, albeit a um what is it a a little overpowered to kind of relegated to like just I don't know like nothing I, I, <laughs> it kind of just a, a plot device at that point I don't know like because all of her all of her lessons which she only got two of them not even three as we were promised by Luke. They, they were just like everything we already know about the Force. We didn't really learn... Not that we need to learn anything new about it, but at that point, well, though, we definitely need... We we didn't even we didn't even experience anything besides of the, the fact that she is so strong with the Force. I never really felt that she was trained, you know? Well, yeah, well, like, that's at the end of the movie. Like, that's kind of what bugs me, is, like, my gripes in The Force Awakens that she was just so inherently good at everything and that bothered me i mean i don't care about the tr- like the flying and stuff like that's fine no whatever but, no but, but like the, with but the, the with the force like, aspect well no but they're saying like the force awaken ray is saying that you know she says to luke something has awakened me which we know is the force or whatever she feels with you know the the, the universe and the push and pull and we know that she so inherently has this like this very strong attraction to it, and we know she's very powerful with it, which is like you know what? Fine, I can I can I can forgive the Force Awakens for that, but in this one, like oh, so we show a quick montage of her slicing at a rock with a lightsaber, and all of a sudden she can fight off the Imperial Red Guards, you know? 
Um, which I, I thought they were the Knights of Ren, which would have been better. But... And that's another thing, which we'll get into Kylo Ren. We never, we never got to, we never figured out what they were, who the Knights of Ren were, you know. And I doubt we ever will, because at this point, it's kind of superfluous. We we won't ever figure that out. <laughs> I, because it doesn't I, matter. I do at this give point. the story. Has I do give Ryan that. Johnson that we do get like the best, like not like the best description of the Force through Rey and Luke's first teaching. Well, besides The um, Empire Strikes Back with Yoda, yeah, sure. Well, honestly, I think this one's even better because we get, like, it's, like, a very... Vi- it's I don't know, it's just more... Like life, I mean, death, y- yes. whatever, yeah. With it's, it, it kind of goes more into, like, the yin and the yang and, the pull, like, as you said, like, the push-pull of the universe and that the Force is that center. Or it's... I think it's one of the best. Obviously, it just builds on Yoda and I, and I, just, and I just really like, you know that whole meditation scene with them but yeah let's get into kylo um obviously he's easily the best character i think until the very end of the movie well it's not even that bad because again it's it's ryan it's ryan johnson like subverting our expectations um but for the first two-thirds of the movie i love the interaction between kylo ren and and ray and that they're just like they're talking it was because i think I don't know, I, I just, I felt like Kylo definitely has a respect for Rey, and that, like, that's why he, well, like, yeah, he, just he, in the tone. beat him, like, yeah, I definitely think so. And, and, and I also think it's interesting that Rey immediately wants to turn Kylo good, like, almost immediately, like, um, I mean, she was obviously, she was pissed off at first, uh, that he killed Han, and then they actually started, like, interacting with each other, and again, like, great, great camera work, great editing, like, everything just worked very well, um, and then Kylo's obvious, I love the internal struggle that he's having, um, just like, like, he, like, he obviously killed his father, and then Snoke says, you know, you're weak, like, you haven't forgotten the past, and he's, and he, and he goes, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna kill my mother, but then he doesn't, and that's kind of that's a big moment that he's not. Which I think goes into the end. Uh, I think I think honestly, when he decides not to uh, kill Leia, th- I think that's the moment he decides I'm going to kill Snoke. I'm gonna get me. I'm gonna get Ray to team up with me. I think that's what that whole thing of he's like. I'm gonna you know what like screw Snoke. I'm gonna do what I want. Um, but it ultimately doesn't matter because. Leia gets shot anyway, but we'll get to that in the B-plot, because it's a very interesting moment that happens with Leia that was very odd and strange, and I didn't really think worked in, or fit, but anyway, I don't know, I just, I, I thought Kylo is the most interesting character, because, oh, well, definitely, definitely, because we're, because, like, for the last two movies, we're seeing someone on the dark side, but, like, still struggling with the light. So far, we've only seen people on, like, the light side, the good side, struggle with the dark side. But it's it's reversed. It's someone on the dark side struggling with the light, and he doesn't want... I mean, I, he get, externally he says he doesn't want that to happen, but it, there's, a, there's still, like, a light of hope for Kylo that maybe he's going to come back. Well, what do you think about Kylo, Brian? Uh, in terms of what what I think of his story, or like just everything, like what, what about in this film? Most most bar none, the most interesting character of this film, because uh, he's the most complex and multifaceted. I mean, come on! I mean, 
he was previous. He was okay in the Force Awakens, but in this one, he really took the cake. I mean, uh, obviously, in terms of his, it's, it's, he's not as simple as oh, join me. We'll you know, be, he he has the 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 stereotypical Sith trope, like I mentioned earlier, of join me, Ray, join me. I killed my master. Join me. We'll we'll be more, the more the most powerful duo in the in the galaxy or whatever. Um, the, you know, screw the Jedi, screw everyone else. Um, we'll, we'll recreate our, our own, you know, galactic order or whatever. Um, but that being said, though, he definitely is the most, uh, I guess, history, but also, how can I say it? Uh, I guess dimension to, to his character. Cause he, I feel like he is the most to go. Cause I mean, I, I, I said, I don't know if I said it from the, from our first impression two years ago, but I always thought that this trilogy was going to be about Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, uh, his struggle with, you know, the, the, the light and dark side of the forest, whether or not he's going to be a good or bad character. And that, that story is going to still keep going. And especially, yeah, especially like, like you were saying, you know, he didn't ultimately, he ultimately chose not to kill Leia, but he, or his mother, but he, but he ultimately chose to, you know, kill his master Snoke, uh, and he wasn't really talking about, let's, you know, harness the dark side of the force to achieve these, this means that we, that I desire. He's mainly saying, you know, screw everyone screw the force screw everyone else we will create our power and and that, I, yeah I, I thought that was different i like what he says essentially just like good evil it doesn't matter we we can like it does yeah it essentially nothing matters very like nihilistic like nothing matters let's let's recreate this world uh this galaxy and that was very interesting um I, I, I it, but the whole setup it was it was odd in this movie that like Ray obviously goes she goes to see uh, Kylo and meet with Snoke and it's obviously drawing so many parallels to Return of the Jedi but it's happening in the set in the middle movie of this trilogy and like at like the end of the second act so when Kylo Ren kills Snoke, I saw, I knew that was going to happen almost immediately. He was, like, almost, um, Red Letter Media said at best, like, Snoke was, like, telegraphing to the audience, like, now strike her down and, and show her who your real enemy is. Oh and it's, God. And, I, and it's, like, it's, I was like, and, like, you could see it. going to kill him, yeah. Yeah, I was, like, this is very, and then, like, he's just berating him. I'm just, like, yo, he's very obviously, I'm, like, I was, like, I, I know, Snoke is gonna get like sh- chopped down at this point. I just don't know how because he's he was just demonstrating how powerful he was with the Force. Um, I do like that his hubris is like the end of him. That he he like the Emperor couldn't see this portrayal that it all until it's literally too late. Um, I don't like. I like how Snoke was like defeated, but I don't like how. Um, I don't like that he dies. Like he that's it. That as far as we know, Snoke is done. And like I'm I'm fine with Snoke like 
See, I, I, I didn't mind him getting, like, cut in half, but I, see, my theory going into this is that this was Dark Pla Darth Plagueis that was referenced in the third movie that is pretty much insinuated, created Anakin from just, like, from manipulating the Force, and that would have, you know, made sense. Now, I was hoping that, um, once he gets cut in half, he would, like, form a, like, protective bubble or not not a bubble but like essentially manipulate the force so he doesn't die thus you know proving that theory that he's not dead and maybe like calling out to like hawks and being like yeah we're not gonna tell kylo this but i'm not dead you know like something like that because there's again it's another mystery that isn't at all you know it's just subverted but like it's so anticlimactic like snoke is built up to be like the next emperor and he's killed there's so which is fine like it's a different telling but now there's no like big bad villain for the next movie other than kylo but i never saw kylo as like the villain of this i mean yeah he's a villain but he's not the ultimate evil that you have to overcome in this movie or in this like yeah. trilogy which then which is disappointing so another thing that i read was that i think ryan johnson a fan asked him so like how much of this is a i don't know if i already said this in this in this talk but it's like how much of this of this like trilogy is planned and he said none like disney and jj abrams wrote things again it's it's going back it's hearkening back to jj abrams lost days in that they'd write these setups these mysteries just to hook the audience but they don't have any answers at all for these mysteries so they'll set up raise mystery parents gets fan speculating they'll set up this like unknown presence of snoke get the fans speculating we'll get this whole thing about what like luke the fans speculating just get the fans talking but then when it's time to actually deliver on those mysteries they have nothing so when ryan johnson came in they said here you go and there's no story to go off of so he essentially had to write an original story with it's kind of it reminds me of like old horror movies like the um the halloween movies they would just, like, insert characters for that one film, and then it's like, oh, we're making another one? Well, we don't know. We just said that just for the sake of putting it in there. And that's kind of what this feels like. And Ryan Johnson is just kind of doing what he can to, you know... And, and like you said, his thesis is just forget the past. We have to... It's kind of forgetting the old generation and and really focusing on the new one. But... It doesn't really work narratively, and I think that's like the Snoke is such a wasted, you know, you could tie it back to the EU, you could tie it back to the prequels, you could do everything, because like the Force Awakens was showing the fans, like giving them hope, like yeah, we can, we, we are better than the sequels, but like you can't forget them, like you said, like they're still part of this, like, this cinematic universe, like, Dark, Darth Plagueis is, I guess, unless you want to say it was just a story made up by Palpatine, but that, I think that would have been a good payoff, and it also would have shown, yeah, he's even more powerful, because in this movie, we see, we see something in the Force that, I mean, at least in this universe, I'm not talking about the EU and books, video games, none of that shit, in, 
in the films, we see a force power like never before that Luke does with conjuring like an astral projection of himself. And I think it would have been cool to have two of those of just like, hey, he stopped himself from dying. We haven't seen that before. And it really, and I think it can definitely show like both sides are equally as powerful. Um, because so far, most people, like the dark side has done shit that the light, that the good side can never do. Uh, and like the only thing that the good, that the light side has been able to do is become force ghosts. But only th- three people have really been able to do that whereas the dark side it's like they can just you could they can mess your day up in a heartbeat like kylo ren stopping uh in the, in the force awakens like stopping a uh, a blast or like continuing a fight after getting shot in the side with a, with chewie's uh uh crossbow like that's what the dark side can do so i think it would have been awesome to have those these 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 two force powers like hey dark side and the light side have both like badass powers um but yeah i thought snoke was just a total total waste like that like a total lost potential and i thought that the fight in concept with kylo and ray their tag team was awesome it was great yeah it looked like in my opinion it didn't look that good though it felt so slow and i don't know if it's because there's like eight red guards like imperial guards uh fighting at once and you got to kind of slow it down because they're not there's not they're not swordsmen but it felt so slow and not fast which is which is weird because when kylo and and ray fought in the last movie it was energetic it was fast it was brutal in this movie i thought at least the beginning of the fight was so slow and like it looked like a rehearsal fight that's what i mean by slow like it didn't look quick well, it's weird because, you know, like, at least in this movie, you know Ryan Johnson can direct, like, high-octane, fun action sequences. Well, he's like, proved or, himself to do that, yeah. Well, well, well yeah, with Looper, and uh, I haven't seen Break, but, and he has other films, but, I mean, this this film opens up, we'll get into that in the, in the other storylines, but, um, I was jacked up on the first opening, you know, battle sequence, so you know he can direct, you know, fun, energetic, uh kinetic you know action, action sequences yeah. so i don't know I, I i yeah i do agree there was probably like one or two red guards too many but you know i didn't really have a problem with it i thought it was pretty cool actually you know see i thought this would be i mean obviously this would uh, i guess what a lot of people would be that that was the twist of the movie that kylo ren is still after all of this still you know uh more or less still not set on becoming, you know, returning to the quote-unquote light side of the Force. Well, that's what kind of, it was weird, like, again, like, subverting expectations, like, you think he's gonna, he's gonna change, but he doesn't, but what, and that's fine, but what bothers me, he says, he says, forget the past, but he has the Sith, uh, motive, the MO of just, like, we kill our masters, and we're gonna, and we, like, I'm the master, and we're just gonna keep finding more powerful apprentices, um, which is, like, why is he saying forget the past if he's just, you know, repeating the past? You know what I mean? Mm. So that kind of bugged me, and then, like, we get the end of the movie where he just kind of just tries to fully embrace it. I love this, <laughs> I love the scene when Hux walks into the throne room, and he's like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, the supreme leader's dead, and then, um... And then uh, Kylo Ren's just like, you know, well, we got to take out the rest of the rebels. And 
And I think Hux is like, what are you talking about? And then he just force chokes him. And this was, like, the most brutal force choke I think we've ever seen. And that, like, Hux is, like, turning blue. And he's, like, he's he's dying. I honestly thought Hux was going to die um, until he shows up in the next segment. But uh, I thought that was pretty badass. Um, and then we get down on the, the salt planet and, like, the mining planet. And we get our, kind of, our last uh, big action sequence but the most important one is when luke and kylo ren come into play uh what did you think of this this kind of this final thing it's kind of weird talking about the end of the movie like the end of the movie but it's like the end of the a plot uh-huh should, well well should you know, we wait like, should we wait on that and then talk about the b and then talk about the end like, yeah total? yeah yeah since that's the very end of the movie so we can wait yeah yeah so all right now let's rewind a little bit now let's get to this b plot i think these are gonna go a little bit quicker because they're pretty straightforward uh i think we're gonna have a lot more to say about the c plot but uh yeah so this b plot focusing on leia poe and like the rest of the resistance well let's talk about the beginning of the movie brian um so Yik again, this movie takes, like, minutes after the last movie. So, they're evacuating that planet. I... It, was it Yavin? Wait, which planet? The the planet that the rebel base was on. Was that Yavin? Oh, uh... Either way, it doesn't matter. I they're, think, no, I don't... No, I don't think... They're evacuating the planet that the rebels were on, like, last movie... And as they're getting off, the First Order finds them, and uh, we get this big scene of, uh, you know, Hawk, General Hawks is saying, you know, like, this is our chance, we're going to take him out. And then Poe Dameron comes up and just takes out, he, he starts his big fight. Uh, again, starting the movie, very similar to last time, starting off with his humor. It kind of, that, that holding thing kind of worked for me. It I got really it, like it. I liked when he was stalling because it didn't really land for me last time where he's just like who, who talk it, it like kind of worked but not really well, it's it's the same humor who talks first you know do I talk first and then it's like oh I'm holding holding for I General think Hux. I'm like, I think uh, I didn't mind that I didn't mind Hux's reaction to it I was like this is too slapstick and Hux is just proving himself to be a fucking idiot um, oh, it did work better, but I didn't like it still. You know, I don't I don't like that kind of humor in a Star Wars movie. Call me, you know, uh, uh, what is it, a Scrooge or, in the Christmas season, but I, I just don't like it, you know? Well, either way, it, it's it, he starts off this big, you know, epic fight, trying to take out the, um... We start, like, Poe's, like, his starting where his arc's gonna go, kind of being, like, the, like the really hot-headed, deter- but determined kind of uh hot shot pilot that is going to do a job but not, not really understanding at what cost and his arc is kind of understanding that cost and sometimes retreating is the best i can i can see that i can see poe's arc he didn't get one in the force awakens so i can totally see why they went with this storyline and i like that no poe i do too because it's de- it's setting him up because unfortunately i don't know how they're gonna write out carrie fisher but rest in yeah, peace we'll carrie see. fisher they're obviously setting up Poe as the next resistance leader, but uh, so we get this big homage to just World War Two bomber pilots, uh, which was which was awesome. Great. It was very, it was very, it it wasn't trying to be subtle. 
it was very know, it clear wasn't. what it was trying it to be. Definitely wasn't. As yeah. as much as like the well, just as much as the as the original trilogy was with like, like dog fights and stuff like, like opening Bombay doors, opening Bombay doors. The 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 turret the turrets looked exactly like uh uh B forty bombers from World War Two. Like the the swiveling turrets, the like the double like like thirty caliber guns. Like it just it would just screamed World War Two. And I was like, well, I remember turning to my dad. I'm like, well, I guess it's World War Two in space, which is what. Star Wars was originally was just you know World War Two st- uh, stories and serials um, that George Lucas like grew up with, and um, you know like harkening back to like Greatest Generation. But you know yeah we just got this like World War Two very high octane very emotional moment. Uh, something that I thought was gonna happen while watching it, but was a little disappointed it didn't happen. I thought that. Uh, so, Rose's sister is, like, the turret gunner, and ultimately the last, like, sole survivor of her bombing, uh, crew that has to pull the, that has to, like, press the, the button to drop the bombs, and she gets knocked off, and the, the switch is at the top of a, um, uh, like, the stairs or whatever, and she's kicking it, and it's not falling. Now, what I thought was gonna happen was she was going to hear the story of Rey and Luke, and she's going to put out her hand and, you know, ha- use the Force. Because throughout, and like, the Resistance, like, they're essentially their, um, their line is, may the Force be with you. So I thought that she was just going to, like, may the Force be with you, and, like, put her hand out, and, you know, kind of like Luke in the, um, in the Empire Strikes Back when he's in, like, the, uh, Abominable Snowman, whatever, the Yeti cave... And he just like slowly just gets the lightsaber inch by inch. I thought she was gonna do that, and I thought they were gonna like hearken to like back to anyone is force sensitive. I, I, like more people are more force sensitive than others, but like at, the force runs through all individuals, all I mean, living I get beings. That. And I yeah. thought that was gonna happen, but it didn't. Which well, I don't I mean, know. Yeah, I thought they we, gotta, we have moment. to use the unnecessary force use with Leia. So I mean, they couldn't use it twice. So I mean, you know. <laughs> but but it makes. I mean, I'm not gonna say it makes sense with Leia. No, like, I, you, no, can, I, you can you exp- can. I think you can say like, well, she's it's in her bloodline. I think well, I having we'll some. We'll get to that in a minute. I hated what they did with that, but no, I can I can kind of see what you're saying with uh with Rose's sister, with, you know, use, harnessing the Force to use this kind of, uh, to, to drop the bombs. Um, you know, it was good, you know, either, yeah. either way they did it. They take down that big-ass ship, uh, which the, is, like... Uh, what's it called? I, uh, uh, it begins with a D. I don't remember. I don't, I, it I doesn't matter, away, but, like, you know. it, it leaves me questioning, like, where are they gonna go? Like, Red Letter Media also brought this up, like, these ships keep getting bigger and bigger, and it makes, like, the Star Destroyers, like, obsolete, which is ridiculous that you could say Star Destroyers are, del- are obsolete, but, like, you get this big-ass thing that's, like, the size, that's, like, half the, it's, like, the diameter of, like, the, like, the Starkiller base, and, and then the way they dispatch of that was the best part, like, one of the best things in Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, you but know what it's, it's called? Like, I think it's called a dreadnought. Yeah, that's it, a dreadnought. And, but it's like, so where are they gonna go with that? I don't know. We'll see. We'll just get some contrived thing, bigger and badder. 
Um, yeah, honestly, a lot of the the first order is but it's built off a bunch of contrivances. You know, you're not really supposed to support or uh, question it. Like you're not really supposed to question a lot of things with Star Wars, so yeah. But Brian, let's get to the we got space Jesus Leia. Um, so like we mentioned earlier, Kylo gets out in his ship and he's gonna he's gonna take out his mother in the um, she's in like the main control center. Yeah. And the br- not the like the bridge two or what I don't with know. She's bar with General Akbar. Yeah, actually. He- yeah, I know, he got killed off-screen, unfortunately. But, so, uh, ultimately, the bridge gets explodes, and she gets sucked out of the vacuum of space. And I was like, oh. So I thought that, I thought, I'm like, whoa, that's pretty ballsy. That's yeah, I was like, wow, they're killing, kill I'm like, they're killing Leia, like, right now. Which is weird, because I'm like, I thought she was in a lot more of this movie than that. But, you know, they didn't kill her, so she wakes up in space... I hate, and hate this and she just pulls, it. gets her hand out, and she just drags herself back to the ship. And I was like, "What is going on?" You it was can so literally see you can literally see her freezing, and she opens uh, opens her eyes, pulls out her hand, and floats back to the ship. And I'm like, <laughs> "That is so stupid." Like, I get it. It's Leia. She's a powerhouse of the of the of the series of the saga. Come on, you know, I hated yeah. that what they did with her. And then she another thing, back. when she floats back, they open the the door and no one gets sucked out again. Oh yeah, there's no depressurization because the whole hull, or not the hull, but the, like the, the room the, is gone. Yeah, there is no room. It's just a yeah. hole in the side of the I ship. I thought that was and pretty weird too. Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, I mean, it's a sci-fi movie, but still, you can't like because. You showed her that the vacuum of space exists, her getting sucked out, and you can't, like, it's one of those things, like, you can't ignore that it, like, you can't establish a rule and then break it immediately. Um, I didn't care done, so like, much about that, but it was just, I just, I'm like, really? I don't know, I just thought really the whole thing was this? ridiculous. Float back to the ship? It's, it's, and that's like, saying something when you're saying that something in a Star Wars movie, a sci-fi, is ridiculous. Um, well, because well, it was so like cheesy, and you know what? That would that would have been the perfect way. I mean, honestly, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passed has has died, and I think that would have been a very a very dramatic way. You could have played that up more, and that would have been you know Leia's, uh, I guess, exit from the saga. It should you know it, she should have she should have just had a moment of like. She sends force messages to like Ray or something. Like she does something. Like let her die in space. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was stupid. And then they put her on life support. And then we have Laura Dern. Surprisingly, I knew she was. I knew she was in this movie. No, I I, I did too. But just. But I, I kind of forgot. It's just weird that they just threw her in the movie. Uh, apparently, like the EU, like she's one of like, she's one of like Leia's like great friends and uh they actually they wrote a lot of their dialogue together uh especially their like goodbye scene um and like it's cool because like her purple hair it's because i just okay so i just watched uh twin peaks the return this summer and i'm assuming the filming of this like coincided and it's funny because in that she plays uh diane uh Dale Cooper's secretary, and I don't know, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen all of the, uh, Firewalk with me, and, like, the, uh, th- the other movie that's, like, deleted scenes, 
but it's funny because she has like a really odd haircut in that movie too and then we get to this movie and it's purple so i just noticed that but it's interesting is that her purple hair signifies how much of a rebel she actually was because she grew up as like a proper prim princess and with leia and both their father know this uh e i i watched uh, an easter egg video breakdown and they said this is like eu stuff eu stuff oh, okay. and because people were like what what's up with her hair but she would dye her hair at a young age to like rebel against that like princess like etiquette and oh, uh that goes, okay that goes with leia okay yeah which i was like okay like it what the purple hair is nothing but i have a problem with this character just because like yeah i think she establishes i love how she puts like poe po in his place just like you're a hot shot you got ha- you pretty much got half of our uh, fleet killed uh, to destroy this one ship that they are going to make more well, of. Which is weird because they never established that this is like it, you know? I didn't realize, I'm like, oh, like, everyone's dying. Yeah, sure, like, that's sad. But I didn't realize at, at the time that that was like all they had. So all these deaths mattered, you know? Yeah. Like, there wasn't I like another kinda, base. Because I, I was like, well, we we get with the with the the Force Awakens, like the First Order is literally uh, the First Order is on the run, not on the run, but like they're the remnants of the Empire. I always got that the, the the Republic, the Rebels, quote, were the ones who were in power. So I was like, oh, like that's well, the same way. Like, why? yeah, I thought well, it was just like a it was like a force, but I didn't realize that in this film that the Rebels quote are the ones who, you know, were on the defensive, were the well, ones who were weaker. Here's know? the thing about this whole uh, resistance movement. And we were talking about this earlier, Brian. Like, the resistance has been going on in the Star Wars universe for, like, 50 or 60 years. And they never have once had, like, a strong foothold in this fight. Obviously, because... Well, I feel like who, the resistance? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they did. I feel that's how where that's where the Force Awakens started, where uh, we they had like a republic set up a new a new galactic republic. Well, here's the thing, like that's if, what they destroyed. If this if this base. movie, it, but this movie takes place like maybe like two hours after that movie, so it's not like the Empire well, I'm Strikes sure, I'm Back. Sure, I'm sure it's a little bit different with. The resistance, but I'm sure with Ray, it's literally seconds. But I'm sure with the resistance, no, it's a little no, bit because different. they were they were evacuating from the planet that they were originally on. Oh right, right, yeah. Eh. So Keep going. it's just kind of that thing of like this movement's been going on for so long. Like I, I don't know. Like maybe they got they got to rethink their plan and just like. Uh, I mean, obviously, the next movie is going to be focusing around them, like, building up the Resistance again. Um, yeah, I hope not. Like, I think on. once... I've this... seen that for, like, four other movies. I mean, I don't know what else they can do. And that's how this movie ends, is, like, uh, like with the child looking up at the stars, is and with the, with the uh, Al- Rebel Alliance ring. And also, they have no allies, pretty much, because last movie the first order just literally destroyed the senate <laughs> they're like their allies well also, well also in this film at the end of the movie when leia makes her call 
for other other planets like help us help us no one responds so oh yeah i'm i gotta jump back i one of the callbacks i really liked then we can get back on track was when luke was like why should i help ray when talking to r2 i really like that exchange and because he he actually like comes back from being a bitter old like man and r2's like oh he says why should i help and R2 plays Leia's message for Obi-Wan. Oh, I, I yeah. like that I like that callback and it, it tied in really well. So hands off to uh Ryan Johnson for that. I really did like that. I really like how they tied that back in. Even if there wasn't nearly enough Luke, Chewie, R2 interactions. That was a good scene. Yeah. But anyway, so this B plot. Uh, you know Laura, so Laura Dern like they're so essentially these transports are they like we mentioned earlier they can't go into light speed because they're being tracked through light they're being tracked through like light speed through some tribe thing that hawks created and so they're light transports that are like right out of range of the first order's like full blast but so they so they have 18 hours to like before they are run out and one by one, these ships are running out of fuel and getting blown up. And and so Poe goes up to Laura Dern and says, Hey, like, what's our plan? Do you have a plan? And she says, Oh, we have a plan. And and he gets a glimpse of, Oh, you're just going to load the transports up and leave? Like, you're going to die. So, And then she says, Get off my bridge, whatever. Without actually explaining to Poe, who is known as a hothead, and will go do things irra- not irrationally, but uh, what's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not impromptu, no. Impulsively, that's the word I'm looking for. I'm sorry. Just do things impulsively. She she knowing she knows this, and she doesn't tell Plan Poe the actual plan. So Poe, Finn, and Rose hatch a plan to get a hacker which is like it it was so contrived they have to get into like a ship go to another galaxy or, or like another system or whatever get this hacker come back sneak onto this this big ship take it down sneak back jump to light speed and I was like, "What? <laughs> what? That's a lot." And they have 18 hours to do this. So before that's a C plot, but we'll finish the B plot. So uh, Poe stages a mutiny, and and then Leia takes him out when she wakes up, and it turns out that the transports were going were gonna sh- go undetected onto uh, a hidden rebel base on this planet. And Laura Dern was going to stay back and, like, be, like, she was going to sacrifice for the rebellion. And, you know, so they don't think that they left. And then things happen. Like, uh, essentially the C plot fails completely, which is why it's pointless. And she realizes, like, they start taking out the ships. And so Laura Dern, I, I called this the moment she was on the ship. I'm like, I bet she's going to turn her ass around and just full steam ahead into this ship. And oh, I was really? right. I, I never called. I guess that's just me when I watch movies. Well, because I, I was like... I try just kind of shut my brain off. I was like, but... what is... I, I, the whole thing, I was like, what, is Laura Dern just going to, like, 
go quietly into the night. Like, she's by herself. Like, as far as she knows, no one... And I guess that was the original plan until she started seeing people get, like, knocked off. And she turns that bad boy around and lights that lights that shit in the hyperspeed. And we get the best, awesome, the best the visual and segment of all of Star Wars. It's even it's so much it's even better than Death Star blowing up. This this is awesome because Ryan Johnson shows that he is a very visual director that can tell that story. So we just get that. That was so cool. Honestly, that was so awesome. We just get that moment where she just turns that, that big ass ship around and she's setting up the hyperspeed. And then we get the, like the, the classic moment of like, of her at the cockpit with the, uh, like the stars starting to like elongate. And then we get dead silent. And I love how it's like in the star Wars universe, there's, 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 um, space is not silent but at this moment we get that moment of space being silent when it just tears ass through all and just and just rips it destroys everything it rips the ships in half and i'm like that's awesome uh it kind of begs the question why uh i'm kind of thinking way too much about this why the rebels don't just like remote control ships and just kamikaze them into all these like big uh things but it doesn't matter i'm just thinking much too in like way too deep into it but it's such an awesome visual man like oh i love that that was my favorite part of the movie just seeing that big like snoke ship just get ripped into just into two pieces. That was awesome. Yeah, no, that that was that was so cool. That that's definitely the visual spectacle of the film. That 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 scene where it's like the dreadnought getting ripped. Or no, wait, no, it's Snoke's. Not not the not the dreadnought of the yeah of Snoke's ship getting ripped in two, and you're like, oh, it, which is bigger than the dreadnought, and you're like, oh god, like what what are we looking at, you know? Um, and that and that coincides with Ray getting off the ship. Kylo Ren and Rey's story is already pretty much completed at this point. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, then that's how we get to, like, the final convergence. So, let's really quickly talk about this C plot. Yeah, which very quickly. Because, didn't, yeah, I don't want to talk about that much. Like, it, I didn't like it. Utterly, it was pointless. Because the biggest thing, like, I don't... So, this is, again, Ryan Johnson trying to f- get his commentary on, you know, like... It's one side of the galaxy we've never seen before, which, yeah, I can appreciate that, just these rich assholes, like, profiting from the war, because they're all weapons dealers, just profiting from the war, but, like, it's just one failure after another, and there's nothing wrong with failure, because, you know, the end of The Empire Strikes Back is just failure. Even Yoda, Yoda makes an appearance in this movie as a force ghost and a puppet. Oh, we didn't even mention that, yeah, with uh, Luke's story. I mean, because... We're mentioning it now because I think the biggest thing is that Yoda just says, uh, you know, failure is the best teacher. So, which prompts Luke to return to the Force. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, but so again, like using that, like failure is the best teacher. But like Empire Strikes Back, like Luke fails, Han fails, like everyone fails. There's nothing wrong with failure, but. It contributes to a plot and a narrative and character arcs and development. It contributes to the story. This failure does absolutely nothing than just make... Just does nothing. Other than, I guess, like... I don't know. We see another side of the story and... 
we ins- they inspire some children. Rose's motivation throughout this bit was very odd. Like, at the end, when they, like, essentially released, like, the racetrack horses, like, the equivalent of that, uh, um, and, like, they think they're about to get caught, uh, Finn says, well, like, we tried. It was, That's, like, what's worth it. And then she takes a saddle off and says, no, now it's worth it. I'm like, what? You saved oh, the horse? Oh, that was so lame. I I'm was like, like ah, come that on, was, shut up. I'm like, what? And then, so, anyway, we get to this planet. Finn and Rose are fi- trying to find this, uh, this hacker. And they're going through, like, the casino, whatever, like, it's... Which is, um, you're speaking of, well, the hacker, you're speaking of David Lynch the other minute. He's, um, he's in Mulholland Drive. He's the director. Ah, uh, God, it's, what's his name? Uh, who? Ah, uh, he's the director from Mulholland Drive. Uh... Like something Thoreau? No, uh, not not Thoreau. Oh, the hacker uh, himself. Yeah, no, the one with the uh, the pin, the, the one with the rose. Yeah, the pin. Uh, yeah, well, I'm it doesn't matter because his name's Justin Thoreau. Yeah. What what bothered me about this is that they find him. I think well, because Ma- they get this information from Maz, her cameo, and yeah, yeah. and they and she says find the man with like the rose pennant. And they do, but then they get knocked out. And I was like, oh, like, how are they going to get this guy? And then we get Benicio Del Toro's character of DJ of, uh... That's his name? Well, I, the only reason I know his name is because of all, like, the, the film theories and stuff that I looked up before. Like, so, unknown, unnamed character of Benicio Del Toro, where he just, like, hacks out of pri- the, the prison, they use him, and he just coincidentally is the man they were looking for. Forget the man with the re- with the pennant... They needed this dude apparently, so they so <laughs> they get the wrong guy apparently, and they're fine with that. I guess because they have like six hours left, and they're like, "Well, we gotta get our asses in gear and go back." Um, and they just essentially like tear they they disrupt the power, like mo- like the power people that profit from the civil war. Um, and then we get that kind of forced, like, because Benicio del Toro steals a, a ship, and they're like, "Oh, this guy, he stole from, or he uh, he supplied the uh, the first order." And then he's like, "Well, actually, here's an X-wing. He supplied it to the good guys too." Like, there's gray area, and I was like, "Which okay, that was supposed to be Lando? That was his ship, apparently." Really? I I, I think I remember hearing that somewhere. That was supposed to be his ship. Uh, well, there is no they, indication that that was Lando's ship, but... No, I think they cut it, but I think that was supposed to be Lando's ship. But anyway... Well, that adds nothing for me, but other than, like, some contrived, like, political statement that everyone... Like, it's just... It's like the it's like a, a commentary on, like, just, like, people supply both sides. Like, okay, people profit from war. You're not telling me anything I didn't know. Um, and so... Yeah, that happens. It was kind of, kind of pointless. It was just, it, and it just was intercut randomly. Just made the tone all over the place. Uh, so then they get, they do infiltrate this big ship, and they sneak on. They get caught, and then Benicio del Toro betrays them immediately. Which, I mean, I guess fits the character, but there is no character. He's in the the movie is two and a half hours long. He's in the movie for maybe fifteen minutes. Um, which is why I'm like, why did they get such a big A-list actor 
to be in a, such a no-name role, literally no-name role, and kind of, and he is like a weird a quirk of like stuttering and things like and like things of that nature. I'm like, okay, I feel like this character should be deep, like more delved into, but he's not at all. Should have just been played by a normal dude. Wouldn't have mattered. And uh, so then, moving moving on, uh, Phasma comes back. Uh, somehow escaped the uh, uh, the big plan. I'm I'm skipping the Star Killer uh, base, and she says, "Oh, we need to you know we need to execute these guys." And right as she says we're gonna execute them, uh, that's when um, Laura Dern uh, light speeds through the ship. Uh, Finn and Phasma have a fight. She apparently has uh, blaster-resistant armor, which is okay, whatever. And then, yeah, but then she dies immediately. Well, and then yeah, and then Allegedly. he bashes her in the face. Her, and it didn't even her helmet didn't even take off. I don't even know why. Uh, uh, Gwyneth, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm blank. I don't know her last name. Uh, Brienne of Tarth. Fr- since Gwendolyn Christie. Since oh, Gwendolyn. Since since we've uh. Yeah, since Force Awakens, I have watched all of Game of Thrones, and I know now I know how much of a badass she is, and how which is which sucks because she has less of a role in this one. And again, it's just like they're trying to do a new Boba Fett, and it's working. Like, just give someone with cool armor and no backstory, and the fans just fill it in. But dude, she's dead. There's no way. Like, people are like, no, no way, she's alive. Like, and like, okay, so I saw this with my dad, and he was even saying. That well, he said no. Though she's coming back for the next one. She's got like like what's the point of having that blast resistant armor? I'm like yeah, I see your point, Dad. But her 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 um her helmet's broken. So there you go. She got burned in the face. She's dead. Like, I just thought she was dead, which was even yeah, just a testament to how useless of a character she was in both films. Yeah. So just to sell toys. You know? Yeah, and. So that happened, and and to put on like, as a cool visual, a Star Wars visual, which has nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. So then, uh, Finn and Rose get down to the main planet somehow. I don't remember because it's really not important. <laughs> um, and now we're at the final stage. Forget, dude. I I hate I hated that C plot. Like it, and honestly, like it didn't contribute anything. Other than some forced, like, contrived political statement about, like, people profiting from war. Um, uh, and, it, it just, it just made everything worse. Like, because apparently it was DJ that told the First Order that they were smuggling people out via transports. How the hell did DJ know that? Because Finn and Rose didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, there's that plot point. That plot hole. So, that bothered me. And then I guess he just got off the ship, so whatever. Um, yeah, I always thought we'd, like, see him again or something. Yep, guess not. Guess not. Either that or he's dead. So now we get down to the planet. Uh, you know, we have, like, another big epic sequence of, you know, the First Order comes down. They have, like, a battling, a, a, a like, a ram but it's like a it's a can a battling ram cannon, which is essentially just gonna take down this big ass steel door that the rebels are hiding behind. Now, the moment that Brian we talked about this earlier too. So, 
they're trying to take it down, but they're in these, like, they call them, they're called rust buckets or something, uh, or, like, salt mine, I don't know, it's, there's something... No, 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 they're just, they're just really outdated, old, uh, rebellion equipment, Well, you know? no, they, I think, they're, like, repurposed. No, I always thought that, I thought they were just, like, really, really old ships. Oh, I always thought they, oh, they might, you might be right, but either way, they're used, uh, I th- and I don't know what they were trying to do, because it didn't seem like there were blasters on there, and they're going against these, they're like gorilla walkers, which are like five times as big as eight, like traditional AT-ATs, um, and they're like getting picked off, and I think they're just trying to take out the, uh, the, the ram, but they're like, yo, we're, like, po- this is when Poe's arc comes full circle. Just like, okay, like, it's completed. We need to retreat because we're, we're no good to the Rebellion dead. And Finn's just like, no, I'm going, I'm going. And he's getting, he, his ship is melting in the beam. And I, I honestly, I thought they were going to go really ballsy and kill Finn. Yeah, I thought he was going to die too. And the whole scene, it was just reminded me of Independence Day when he just like, oh, hello, boys, I'm back. That's the whole thing I got from this. But then Rose comes and, like, kamikazes herself into him, which easily could have killed them both, but miraculously they didn't. And we get some stupid line. Finn's like, why did you do that? I, like, I could have stopped this. And she says, you save, like, what was the line? It was like, you like you you save people through love and not dying or like you don't destroy stuff. you don't destroy the things you hate you like conquer them with the ones you love and then kisses him but meanwhile this this ram is like full power melting the melting the door and it's about to kill everyone they love and it essentially that message is like yeah don't don't no sacrifice no, you can't sacrifice because the thing with poe was like he's trying to be a hero Finn wasn't trying to be a hero. He was trying to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Um, so that was stupid. And then, but it doesn't matter because Luke Skywalker walks out, has a tender reunion with Leia, um, kind of, you know, just a moment of reunion, saying it's all right. I like the heartwarming moment. But then Luke and Kylo, well, first off, he walks out, and then Kylo says, blast him. And, uh,. They just, you know, empty everything out onto him, but then, oh, Luke surprisingly is okay, which I thought he was going to pull a Kylo Ren and um, and take all the blasters, but I think our first hint that I mentioned earlier, it's an astral projection, he, one, looks a lot younger, it was like the last time, like, it was the last vision that, like, he looked like Kylo Ren's, like, last saw him, uh, and... He has his, he lightsaber, has his lightsaber, which was broken by Kylo and Rey. And which then, I didn't catch. I didn't catch that the first time. What? The lightsaber? Like his lightsaber, yeah. Yeah, I... Well, with his hair and stuff, I'm like, oh, he just got a... He cut him. He cut his hair, you know? Well, I, like, oh, I knew... Whatever. I... At that moment, I thought something was going on. Uh, I didn't know what exactly, but I knew something was going on. But, so... And, and also, apparently, he doesn't leave footprints in the in the... Yeah, um, that's yeah. I read that. Um, I wasn't paying attention to that. Yeah, I wasn't either. Well, too... we get into the fight. Yeah, so we get this fight, which I like because it's not flips and whatever. Actually, in this whole movie, a lightsaber does not cross with another lightsaber, which is 
interesting. And it all is is just Kylo just trying to like just swipe down his master. And it's very reminiscent, drawing parallels to Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. Even Luke is going as far as to saying he's quoting Obi Wan like, "If you strike me down, I'll be." Far Which, more but, powerful. Yeah, but you draw the uh, Obi-Wan Darth Vader parallels, but Luke didn't die like his former master. Well... Yeah, he... which, which is honestly so annoying. Well, here's the thing. I was like, awesome, they're gonna set it up. You know, I don't care about the parallels. You know what? That I think that is a very good death for Luke, saying like, you know what? You can kill me, but I'm better than you. I am. I'm obviously the master. You can. You can best me. Whatever. I can let you kill me. But in the end, I am better than you. Well, here's and the you thing. Know like, there's a reason Obi Wan died like that. And I, I could totally see it. It's better. Th- I. I think it would have been much more fitting for a death for Luke Skywalker than the death we were given. Or well, quote death. I we really do enjoy the astral projection because that is like I, I mentioned is something that as far as I know in this universe I'm not talking about EU in the cinematic universe no one has ever done that and that's awesome that's what we should have ended at because uh I think because I think Luke said that because he he would have struck him down in, with hate and so I don't know. Somehow that would have been made him more like Luke more powerful. Well, no, I but, think. But well, but also you get the. I think also the moments that they're introducing would have been so much better if it's like, oh, he's just a ghost. He's not there. Like when the, when you said mentioned the walkers, like the ATATs, the much more steroid induced ATATs tried to like blast the hell out of him. I think I was like, oh my god, that's so cool because like he is so attuned to the force that you can have five walkers shooting at him. And they can't do anything because he's so attuned with the force, not because he's not there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I thought because ultimately he dies (laughs) because the force just drains him. Yeah, and I was like, well, what's the difference between that and him just going there? It's just to have the callback of the two, like the illusion of the two setting suns. Which you know, I like that image, but it's weird that he he just died like that. Because well, it's it, weird, yeah. Because he mentions the Ben, like, "Hey, see you around," and then he just like winks and then fades away, and then he dies. Like, well, and then he fades away on the planet, and I was like, "Oh, like, why couldn't he be there to do that?" You know, like, I don't know. Um, I just thought it was, and then well, and then I was like, "Oh, he's not. He's gonna come back for the next movie," and then he fades. And I was like, yeah. "That's kind of a weird." ending because that's how the next movie should end not the middle one like luke like luke his business isn't finished yet and so which is why i think he's coming back as a force ghost that's yeah the, like he he's leaving ray and like and and leia when they still need him you know like ray is not done her training she has barely had she hasn't even scratched whatsoever. the surface like yeah no like, seriously he said t- she had literally had two lessons, and she swung around like, a lightsaber. Like, even before those lessons, he said, what's the Force? And she said, like, which is fine, because that's what her introduction to the Force was, was the Force you can control people with and move rocks with. And then, at the end of the movie, she moves rocks. But, like, that's that's fitting, because she doesn't know what the Force is. Well, like, I mean, they do have the books. They, they did... The books are on the Falcon. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is like, well... The whole point was that, like, 
oh, they're outdated, whatever, whatever, you know? Well, it's not, it's not that they're outdated, but it's just, like, they won't, like, Ray already possesses those characteristics that, like, the that are entailed in the books. Um, but he wanted to destroy the books because they no longer represent or embody, like, the true spirit of the Jedi. Like, Luke just wanted to destroy them for a reason. Well, Yoda destroyed know? them because he was like, I, I like the line, I'm just like, oh, He's like, you destroyed the, the ancient text. He's like, yeah, have you read them? Page-turners, they are not. And he's like, well, I flipped through them. Which was kind of weird. Which is weird. But yeah, I liked... I, it's really weird. I, that is the Luke Skywalker that I know, but it, it conflicts with the bitter old man. It's like, go with one or the other. Like, because Luke still had a lot of one-liners in this, which I liked, because that's Luke Skywalker's character. Um... Or not, not, not so much his no, character, but, but, but like... It's, but it's like, you're gonna say, oh, the Jedi needs to end, but you didn't even read all their texts. Like, are you serious? Like, you don't even know why, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like all these one-liners were, like, not so much Luke's, but, like, Mark Hamill. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I I, I feel like Luke's character wasn't really written very well in this in this. Yeah, not, Mark not, Hamill agrees. Yeah, well, yeah, because Mark Hamill had all these ideas that he wanted to go, and they just, and I guess Ryan Johnson was like, "Thank you, but I got my own idea." Um, but you know, so that's how that's the movie. I mean, Luke dissipates, and we have some like big speech about you know, look to the stars and like we will build the resistance, and then we end with the kids telling the story of uh luke skywalker defeating vader and small detail the kid uses the force to pick up a broom um yeah i was like what the hell yeah which was i was like okay um but yeah that was kind of a weird detail uh but so yeah and then he looks up at the stars and he see which i think is just to you know the whole message of star wars is to you know inspire people to achieve things that are greater than themselves which i i dig that message but it's a kind of a weird message to end on like they're all happy that they survived but like there's like 20 people left in the resistance at this point like they can fit on the millennium falcon yeah, which the I rest, was very strange. The rest of the resistance fits on the Millennium Falcon, and they're like, it's like the end. Which, like which, which, granted, at the end of the last movie, they blew up Star Killer Base, but in this movie, they all of them collectively fit on the Millennium Falcon, like the ones that are left. And I'm like, okay, but who knows? We'll see. I think next next movie, it's going to be a road trip movie where they're going to get the they're going to get the band back together. That's what it it's seems like. Gonna be, it's it's going to be interesting because they have to tie it up. They have to. Yeah, know? and I, you know, that's that's the movie. I, I mean, I don't I don't know what's going to happen next movie. The only thing, because like, there's nothing to look forward to in this next movie. I guess like the confrontation Besides with Kylo Ren. with Kylo Ren and Rey. But we both we all know that Rey is just no matter what is good, and Kylo Ren is struggling. And there's no, like, ultimate figure that is, like, the the ultimate evil figurehead. They're all just, like... Well, I guess it's Kylo Ren. But he's not evil. Like, I mean, he's evil, but he's not, like, pure evil. He still has a 
a spark of hope in him. Yeah, which I thought would be like this series would be like the saga, the trilogy would be like his uh, his redemption. But I guess uh, we'll see. I mean, the redemption would be kills. It's what it's what the Vader redemption is: kill Snoke and then, but not die and just you know come back. Which I'm glad that's not it because that would have been much like the the original trilogy. But I, I don't know. We'll see. I like how we broke the how Ryan Johnson did break the formula, like we've been mentioning today. Yeah, but and at the same it time, it does leave. A lot to be wondered for the next tri- or for the next film. I, which, I th- whatever they can figure that out. In the I next think, few years. but I think the same like how Ryan Johnson came into this project with no setup for like the mysteries that were set up or no payoff for the mysteries that were set up. I think he's just he he wrote his story. He's like, all right, good luck next director, unless it's him, which I I don't think it is. But no, he's too busy working on the new trilogy, so. Let me see. I I I'm I'm curious now. I mean, I don't think. I think I think it's J.J. Abrams actually. Well, then all we're gonna get are more mysteries for for future. No, I don't think he would do that. I I do. You can't do that with the last film in a trilogy. Like, come on. I mean, he did it with Lost. I mean, that's a TV show. It's completely different. I mean, still, I I, I think it, I'm not gonna put it past. J.J. Abrams to, you know, set, like, set things up. Star Wars, oh, he's a producer. Wait, hold on. Uh, director. As in? episode, episode 9, pre-production. Is there no director listed? Oh, yep, J.J. Abrams. Which, hey, it's gonna be a great movie. Like, it's gonna be, I think it's, I don't know, like, it's gonna fit more of the formula, but also, now that I'm looking at this, it looks like... It looks like Mark Hamill's not returning for... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm just looking at his IMDb, and there's nothing on here. It says Squadron 42, and that's like... the Oh, and Con Man. But that's it. Like, I don't see Last Jedi or anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean... I, I mean, I, I will give J.J. Abrams credit. I do trust him with the story. Like... He'll make a good movie. Give him that. He's a fanboy, and he will, you know, he will make payoff. I think J.J. Abrams can make good payoffs, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what he does with the story. Um, so, uh, Brian, do you have any closing thoughts on uh, on this film? Because I kind of said mine that I don't think there's much really to look forward to. I'm not really that excited about... Definitely really not excited about the Han Solo movie, especially with all the shit that's been going on with it, and, like, like developmental hell, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what to look forward to in the, in episode 9, and, and frankly, like, I'm not that excited, like, I'm obviously gonna, like, I, I, I will see every Star Wars in, in theaters, like, I, I will admit that, but I have nothing to really look forward to for episode 9. Yeah, me neither, honestly, like... Uh, I mean, I've already mentioned, you know, uh, my problems with the film, but also things that I liked about it, but I really, yeah, I honestly have no idea where they're going to go with it. They they got rid of their main villain, who I thought they were going to develop, and now it's with Kylo Ren, uh, which is interesting, which which is why I'm going back into it, like, with positive, with positivity in terms of uh, the villain, but... Uh, I really have no idea where they're gonna go with this, especially with Carrie Fisher's character with Leia, um, and with with Ray, uh, and Finn. 
they're all kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's weird that the, Ryan Johnson's film has turned me more into Kylo Ren's camp in terms of like who's the most interesting, but more of like a the meh kind of feeling towards Ray and Finn and Poe. I don't really care about well, Rose. I, I hope she isn't in, in, in it more. But. I, I I don't think he cares either. Like I think I think most like I I think it's very clear that I'm more interested in you know, Kylo Ren, and, like, the dark side, and, because those, those characters, because villains are so much more interesting to focus, like, people that have questionable morals, or, uh, you know, that do bad things, they're more interesting to review, that's why we love, you know, shows like Breaking Bad, or The Sopranos, like, we love watching people, or, like, or, like, um, uh, like Game of Thrones, like we love watching bad people do bad things, but like also like fleshing out like they're not all bad, you know what I mean? So that's why uh-huh. I think Kylo Ren is so much more interesting as opposed to like I don't want to say Goody Two Shoes Ray, but she hasn't. She's just good. She's solely good. I love her character. I loved. I love watching Daisy Ridley uh, perform Ray, but like there's gonna be there's no tension. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, uh, those are my closing thoughts. Do you have anything more to say? No, not really. I think they're, uh, the listener's opinion on, or the listener's uh, perception of my opinion on the film, I think I've made it explicitly clear. It's a totally meh movie. Yeah. Know? I guess we'll go into the uh, the ratings and stuff right now. Yeah. So, I guess I'll, uh, or, no, I went, I went first for uh it so why don't you go uh first for this one um so it's out of five right five yes stars. five stars so um i i would totally give this a it's it's different it's weird it's very it's very weird it's very conflicting because honestly I, i'll buy this movie when it comes out on dvd um it's not a bad it's definitely not a bad movie i think the the current rating is like a 90 on uh rotten tomatoes definitely doesn't deserve that um that's definitely the star wars hype feeding into it but uh i'd probably give it a two a two 2.5 stars out of five i would recommend it to the you know the casual star wars goer because you know it's another addition into the story but really like i'm not going to be watching it that much i mean the fact that you guys saw it after me and I didn't see it with you is a testament to how you know how I didn't want to see it again and you know I I just didn't really want to I didn't really care and so that that that's why I'm kind of giving it on the lower end of the spectrum with like a 2 2.5 because you know it's serviceable it's a completely serviceable movie is it fun yeah it has fun elements to it uh is it amazing is it is it like a a reinventing a reinvention of the star wars saga yeah they mix around the formula is it could have been done better absolutely was it bad no not really it's it's just kind of a it doesn't leave a bitter taste in my mouth but i I had fun with it but there were a lot of things that i think could have been done differently so yeah that, that that's that's my ultimate score yeah and you know i kind of i'm gonna agree with you i'm gonna give this uh the last jedi I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five. You know, I, the biggest thing I appreciate is that they did like Ryan Johnson did something different, and it's definitely taking a break from that like, 
that formula of like fan service that we've gotten in the last uh it's last like 15 years of Star Wars it's just f- constant fan service in like in the cinematic approach of it and you know where I'm not it's not getting like a three star it's just they're not developing enough of Luke uh and it's it's disappointing because Mark Hamill had all these ideas that you know like Luke Skywalker himself had ideas that were like the man that would know his, the character the most had all these ideas to, to flush it out and they didn't use they didn't use a lot of them if any that's disappointing because he's like he's built up and they didn't really do a lot with it they didn't flesh it out um again Ray didn't really do a lot in this movie uh there was uh, the the film was really like all over the place tonally uh the edits were odd there was a lot of awesome moments in the film and like a lot of credible moments but you know that's where the two and a half comes in like it's it did its job but it didn't have enough to you know push itself over the edge and be the best of the of the best of uh you know all of them um so you know yeah i'm I'm just gonna give this one a uh two and a half uh i would like to, i mean i want to see it again just because of i feel like there's so much going on and now i know what to focus on but um yeah i mean i'm also gonna buy it i i definitely still recommend this to people but it's it's not the worst one, as some people are saying, but it's certainly not the best. Um, just hoping that you know we can tie this all in together and have a memorable finish to this uh, this trilogy. And uh, yeah, we'll see where Star Wars goes from there. So you know, with that, in uh, an hour and forty minutes after we started, conclude another episode of First Impressions. And uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know hoping to get some more out there to you guys but yeah so that concludes this episode of the last jedi and uh, you know thank you for listening and we will get back to you soon have a great night